we are going to get into materialism. And so we're going to kind of tie this into mental health. And as we said last week, I mean, we can make anything about mental health. But I thought this would be a really good topic going into the holiday season. I mean, no matter how you celebrate, there's almost always an element of gift giving involved. And so I think it's good to to talk about this and why materialism can be a problem and maybe kind of some tips on how to avoid it. Well, I think this is a mental health issue and we'll talk okay. more about how that's, and I think it's a good time of year to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, at the start though, I want to give some credit to a lot of this information comes from a professor, a psychology professor, his name's Tim Kosser, and he is at Knox College in Illinois. And I don't know if listeners know this, but when you become a professor, I, I think this is probably true in any department, but certainly uh, I know about psychology department and educational psychology. When you become a professor, you have a particular focus mm -hmm. that you do research on, and his focus happens to be materialism. And okay. that's what he writes on materialism, materialism and well-being. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure throughout the world, he's not the only one who studies that, but that's mm -hmm. where a lot of this information comes from is from his work. And he's written about it. The one book that I looked at, The High Price of Materialism, which is a, kind of an old book. It's about 20 years old, uh, published back in 2002. So there is research that you know, people have looked into this and the effects of materialism on well-being mm -hmm. and on happiness, especially. Yeah. And it's not that there's anything wrong with aspiring to have nice things or wanting things, because I think everybody wants stuff. Like, I mean, as human beings, we like to have stuff, right? It's just, where do you put your priorities? Right. 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 And we'll talk about that yeah. more. But the, the idea that I mean, essentially, if you are too focused on material issues, material wealth, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it can be the accumulation of money, not just the accumulation of goods, you know, cars yeah. or TVs, but people tend to be less happy. And, yeah. and we'll go into that a little bit more. So it can be a problem. I think that do we all want nice things? Probably. I think we all want to be comfortable, but then... Mm -hmm. Like everything, you know, we've we've talked in many episodes how mental health issues exist on a continuum. Yeah. And I think that's true. If you talk about materialism, you can't just say, oh, this guy's materialistic. There's a continuum that any person falls on as to, you know, how important that is in their life. And mm -hmm. yeah, it, we all want, I think we all want those nice things and we want life to be comfortable. But yeah. Does that desire for those things or does the pursuit of money so that we can buy those things, does it really make you happy or does it make yeah. you unhappy? Right. And I think it's good to be driven and it's okay to aspire for wealth. Like it's okay to have lofty financial goals. I don't want people to walk away thinking that we're discouraging people from, you know, pursuing financial security or, you know, pursuing an avenue to work hard and and make good money. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's good to aspire and it's good to work hard. But again, it's about where your priorities are. How did you get there? I think it's about the process. Right. Of and, and I'm going to jump to something that at least in our outline is at the end of the outline, because I mm -hmm. think it's appropriate to talk about it here. 
So if you think about goals in life, mm -hmm. the, we can divide them up into two categories, what I call intrinsic goals and then extrinsic goals or motivation. And, uh, you know, next week we'll be talking about motivation. We'll probably talk about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation again. But so what that means, intrinsic mo motivation or intrinsic goals would be something that has meaning to you. And I'm the, as I thought about how to talk about this, the best example I can give of this is if you consider, and for people who don't know a lot about Warren Buffett, I mean, a lot of people know about him, you know, mm -hmm. he's incredibly wealthy and he's been very successful. And on Netflix, there is a great documentary. I can't remember the name of it, but if anyone's interested in learning more about him, it was a really interesting documentary. Anyway, if you think about him, he's one of the richest men in the country, mm -hmm. and he still lives in the house that he bought, I don't know, back in 1950s, wow. and, and he still drives the same car. And so to him, intrinsically, he is motivated because he likes the, it's, it's not that he likes to earn the money, that's secondary to him, it's the process that he goes through, mm -hmm. he loves the work. Okay. Yeah. He loves the work of finding the deals and, and doing that type of thing. So it's not, he's not in it to accumulate money. And whereas you might consider someone, there are many examples of these type of people who, you know, are working just to accumulate money so that they can buy fancy things, buy airplanes, things like that. And so if you think about those two differences, if you have the intrinsic motivation, say, to work hard and you end up earning money, then it generally makes you happy because that's the thing that really lights you up is to to work hard in whatever it is you've chosen to work hard. Now, if it's an, an extrinsic goal, like I'm just doing this to accumulate wealth, mm -hmm. it doesn't increase your day-to-day -day happiness at all. Yeah. And I think that's, that you make a good point that it's where is the satisfaction coming from? Is it coming right. from the material possessions or is it coming from the hard work? Because it feels good to work hard and accomplish a goal. That mm -hmm. feels good to us as human beings. That's very natural. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's one of the things I'm trying to help my daughter understand is my oldest daughter. She's very externally moded. She's not internally motivated at all. And so it can be really hard and for her to get her to focus to do her schoolwork because she doesn't really care that much. She doesn't have as much of a drive to go out and, and work hard to get the good grade. And we're working with her to instill that. And so one of the ways that we're doing that is we're praising her when she does work hard, when she gets a high grade. You know, I mean, we praise, we're trying to instill that value of hard work into her. And hey, it feels good. It feels good to accomplish your goals. And that's certainly the case with earning a lot of money and being able to afford really nice things. Again, it just, it feels good. But where is your happiness really coming from? Right. So I can give another really good example with Curtis. So he grew up pretty impoverished. He house hopped a lot and he often had food insecurities. He grew up very well below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he's worked incredibly hard to overcome that. And he's got a great success story. You know, I mean, and he did all the right things. He, he went to college. He got an education. He got a good job. He's done all of these right things. And, you know, we've come to this point where we were able financially to buy a really nice home. I mean, not like extremely, like really extravagant, but it's a pretty nice home. And we live in Indiana and that helps as well. And, you know, 
he kind of had a little bit of imposter syndrome. He's like, wow, I just, I feel like I've made it in life. And, you know, he gets a lot of satisfaction of looking at how he grew up and where he is now. And that process, it just feels good. It's very satisfying to him to be able to say, look at what I've done. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that's important when we talk about materialism is there is a difference. And I think it comes down to those intrinsic versus extrinsic goals. Right. And so before we go back to materialism, just uh, something for parents out there, it is really a mistake for parents to focus on the grade. Like you're doing, you should focus on the effort. Yes. Uh, because so the grade is extrinsic and the effort is intrinsic. And so, you know, I think that's a mistake that parents make often because what happens, I see these young college students where the parents focused on the grade and so they get to college and what happens is they either get the A and if they aren't getting the A, then they don't care and they go, they get the F mm-hmm. because it's, it's one end or the other. And if I'm not yeah. going to get an, if I'm not going to get an A, then I'm not going to work because it's mm. The, the goal yeah. is the A. The goal is not to work hard. The goal is to get the A and sometimes you can't. So, you know, start with your kids like you're doing and focus on um, praising effort. Right. And I think you can do that outside of just grades. I think that can also be very important in sports or extracurricular activities, oh, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. I mean, and especially at a very young age. And, you know, when kids play sports, oftentimes they don't they don't officially keep score, but the kids keep score and they certainly keep track of how many goals they score. And we recently went through this with my daughter where she would work hard and she would score a goal and it was so exhilarating to her. And it was exciting because, you know, she's this little six-year-old out there running around scoring goals on the soccer field. And, you know, one time she didn't score a goal and she's kind of disappointed. And I said, okay, but did you work hard? Yes. Did you have fun? Yes. Okay. Then you succeeded. That's it. Yeah, yep. that's what you need to do. That's, a, yeah. that's a, a good way to be. So what does it mean to be materialistic? I think mm-hmm. it's materialism is putting a lot of value or high priority on making money and having possessions. But also included in that, I think, is a lot of uh, value on image and popularity, which are almost always expressed in terms of money mm-hmm. and possessions. And so the two often go together. And I think that materialism is often viewed negatively because there are these other characteristics that often go with people who are materialistic. Yes. You know, they often materialistic people don't treat others well, or they can be really competitive or manipulative or selfish. And so, you know, some, this is not always the case, but a lot of people who are materialistic tend to be less empathetic. And so I think that's why it gets negative because we feel negative about those people who might be materialistic because there are also these other characteristics that we're keen into. Mm-hmm. Well, and also it just, it doesn't feel good to be around somebody who is more concerned about things than people. I mean, imagine being in a relationship with someone who was more focused on their career and on making money than on you. That is not a healthy or good dynamic. It doesn't feel good if your spouse or your partner isn't trying to put some focus on you. I mean, obviously careers are very important and it is important to have a job and to support yourself. But is that their focus? Is their career their main goal in life? You right. know, and if you're materialistic, it's 
I don't know. That doesn't sound like someone I would want to right. be around. Right. Well, we've talked about before on, on this podcast that what really what we know really makes us happy is good relationships. Yeah. So what leads someone to become materialistic? And the, the research shows two main ideas on that. And what, the first one is certainly the exposure, media exposure, uh, nowadays, uh, social media exposure, TV exposure ads, where you're getting exposed to this idea that more possessions will make you happier, it will increase your popularity, things like that. So a lot of it is the exposure. But then a second reason that people might become materialistic is really about, I would say, low self-esteem or low self-image and what they're doing is they're trying to compensate. And so going back to what I said a a little earlier, that often materialism, it ups your status and your image is better, your popularity, or at least that's what people think. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that low self-esteem or you feel insecure, then one of the ways that some people might deal with that is by earning a lot of money because then their social status typically goes up with money. Or I think I would also consider it materialistic, spending more than you have to keep that appearance of having nice things like, oh, I can afford to do this. And even if you can't, like you're going to put yourself in a financial strain to spend money on this big party. So people like you and so people want to be around you. That's a sign of materialism. Oh, there are a lot of people who get into trouble with that, you know, uh, living beyond their means just because they want to keep that particular image up. Keeping up with the neighbors. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Yep. I, I have a neighbor who loves to go all out for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he puts the rest of us to shame, but thankfully no one else in our neighborhood feels the need to compete with this guy because he goes all out and he tries to, he kind of competes with himself. He tries to up it every year. I mean, he decks his whole yard out in, in Christmas lights and it's really fun. And people will come, you know, just to see his display. Cause he puts a lot uh-huh. of effort into this, but you know, I mean, he's doing it, I think for the right reason, he's doing it because it brings him joy and happiness and he's trying to bring joy and happiness to others. And I think that's another important part of materialism. If you are a big spender, which is, I mean, and if you have the money and, you know, and you have a healthy attitude about it and you do spend, what are you spending it on? I think that's can be another telltale sign. Are you spending it all on yourself? Are you spending it all on others? Like, are you trying to give back to your community and give back to others? I think that's important. Here's what I'll uh, I'll just mention Warren Buffett again, because this uh, documentary is really interesting. What he did with, I think he has three children. I don't know that he he probably gave them some money, but really what he did is he gave them all a lot of money and they all have philanthropic ventures. So they're all giving their money away in different ways. And so they each, I think they each have different interests, but so his, he doesn't buy things, obviously. I mean, they show his house where he lives and the car that he drives. And so, and it talks about his children. He's giving his money away. And I, I think that that uh, is pretty well known too. He gave a lot of it to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as well. Yeah. so I, I think you're right. It's, so it's not necessarily about earning a lot of money. It's what do you end up doing with the money? Yeah. That, that really makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, do you buy gold plated toilet paper because you can? 
(laughs) (laughs) Or do you donate to a charity? Like, you know, right. And, and, and not that I'm saying we should, everyone should be like Warren Buffett and just, you know, give it all away. But think about it. I think, and it's so important if you do come into wealth early on in your life. Like, I mean, obviously Warren Buffett's kids, they're all very, very wealthy. And, you know, their dad instilled into them a sense of charity. Do that with your kids. Help them understand mm-hmm. the meaning of charity and help them to, yeah. you know, instill in them that value of giving to others and helping those less fortunate instead of just sitting on your high horse and thinking, wow, you're beneath me. Instead, how can I help raise others up? Yeah. Yeah. And he's done that well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about materialism versus being a compulsive shopper. Cause I thought that was a pretty interesting dynamic. Right. And so they're really different things. I think that, so materialism is really different than say being a compulsive uh, spender. And I think the way it's different is, so materialism, we'll go back. It's about the values and the desire for money and possessions. Whereas if you're like a lot of compulsive behaviors are really about soothing anxieties. Okay. And yeah. So if you're if you feel like you're unable to control that desire to consume something or to buy things, like I do, you hear often about people who will go online and they just buy and buy and buy and spend money, money that they often don't have. Mm-hmm. But I think what they're trying to do, it, they're trying to feel this emptiness that exists inside. And so I think I've talked about this in the past when we have discussed, I, I think it's probably uh, personality disorders, because mm-hmm. often people with personality disorders feel this emptiness. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who's a compulsive shopper has a personality disorder. That's not what I'm implying. I'm just saying that idea of feeling empty or trying to find meaning in your life. And somehow they've equated this idea of buying and buying and buying and getting these packages of all these things Mm. that come to their home that they've equated that with, you know, filling up that emptiness and giving their life meaning. Mm. I'll I'll tell a story. I think I can tell this This is about one of Lindy's sisters who did have some emotional health issues and is much better now. But many years ago when she was younger, she would buy clothes and she would just buy clothes and clothes and clothes and clothes. And what ended up happening is she ended up giving them to my daughters and she had all these clothes that she'd never taken the tax off. Wow. Uh, and so it obviously wasn't about buying clothes to wear. Yeah. It was, there was something else going on yep. because, you know, really nice clothes that came to my daughters with uh, all the tags on. So, yeah. you know, in, in that case, it was pretty evident that she was trying to do something else, trying to fill up that emptiness that might've been inside. And so I think that that's how they're different that compulsive buying is often about a deeper anxiety or a deeper mental health issue and emotional insecurity is probably what I would call it. Which is very different from materialism. And so I think materialism is more about appearance. Yes. Where, whereas, you know, being a compulsive shopper is it's, it's an anxiety or it's an internal process going on. Yeah, because I think people who are compulsive shoppers really don't care what if other people know that they're buying all this stuff. And I think yeah. often they would try and uh, probably more common is they would try and hide it. Yeah. They're probably trying to hide this 
this thing that they're buying and buying and buying things. Whereas the materialistic yeah. person is going to be out there saying, not saying, but, you know, showing here, I've got this beautiful Rolex watch, you know, isn't it yep. great? That's the yep. difference. Yeah. So this time of year, now let's not try and pretend that there is not a materialistic aspect to this holiday season. I mean, it's all about gifts. And so let's talk about how we can kind of mitigate that. And and a lot of people probably already do, or they probably already know ways to kind of combat that a little bit. But I mean, I feel like it's important to do. And whether you celebrate Christmas or uh, religiously or non-religiously, I think there is still a way to teach kids about the spirit of giving, right? And so, mm -hmm. and to teach them, it feels good to give other people gifts. It's exciting to get gifts, yes, but teach them the value of giving. One of my favorite traditions growing up was the family gift exchange that we did. Everybody's name would go into a hat twice. And then you picked out two names and those were the two people that you got to shop for. And we didn't make a secret about it. It wasn't like a secret Santa type of thing. It was, you know, my dad would say, okay, here you have X amount. You can go buy gifts for this person. And it was my favorite aspect of Christmas because it was so exciting to shop for someone else and to watch them be excited about something that I personally picked out for them. And so I've, and I've done that for my kids and we had a really good experience with my middle daughter. So she was shopping for her older sister and she bought something she really wanted to get. Uh -huh. And I was able to watch her little brain work and I was really <laughs> proud of the way she did this because she was like, it's something we can do together. And, and at one point she goes, well, she needs to learn to share. <laughs> and, I, and I said, okay. And we told her, we're like, okay, she picked out a really thoughtful gift for you. And she picked out something that you're going to be really excited for. And I said to her, remember, you are shopping for her, not yourself. And she said, okay, we'll get her something. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get her something this. I mean, because yeah. she's only six. And so we were trying to help her give ideas, you know, of, of what she could do. And so, you know, it's normal. She's six, very normal yeah. thing for her to do. And so teach your kids to be a little less materialistic. Right. And so some of this research that I mentioned earlier by Tim Kosser does actually focus on materialism around Christmas time. So if you if you think about Christmas or even Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, that now there's for a lot of people, there is a strong spiritual element. But I think like for myself, uh, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm an atheist. And so mm -hmm. I think of it as, more as a secular holiday. But it for me, it's focused on relationships. So it's focused yeah. on the people, mostly my grandkids and, you know, my kids, obviously. So I'm not saying that you have to have that spiritual focus, yes. uh, because I think you can also have, uh, let's call it that focus on relationships at this time of year. And so what they looked at was those people who are more, more focused on the gift giving and the materialism of the season were much less happy than those people who had a stronger uh, either spiritual component, if that's what was important for them, or, you know, focusing on the relationships. And so it really, it it doesn't make us happy. Yeah. And that's pretty clear in the research. And that's kind of one of those things where you go, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, people kind of know that. But I don't think they realize that if, if you get into the season and you're really focused on what you're going to get or how much money you're going, the gifts you're going to buy for others, 
I think often you lose the meaning that's behind the season for all of these different traditions. And it's really about being together in family. There are certainly people who don't have that same kind of family structure, but I think you can create family with friends Mm -hmm. and hopefully people, if they don't have that core family around them, that they hopefully they do have, you know, this group of friends, because I think you can get it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But if your focus ends up being uh, just the materialism, you're not going to be very happy around this season. It's just, it, it increases your stress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then once the season is over, what do you have left? Right. You know, left. Yeah. You know, the possessions, you know, it might feel good for a while, but that's not a lasting happiness. It really never is. Yeah. So my husband, so Curtis's grandma, she's about to turn 92 and she's coming to spend Christmas with us. And we're kind of like, what do we get her? Because she doesn't, want anything because she knows she's towards the end of her life. I mean, she's 92 years old. What do you get a 92 year old woman who's trying to give away all of her things because she knows she's got just years left to live. And, you know, it kind of really puts it in perspective. The older you get, the less you care about things. I mean, cause you don't get to take any of it with you when you die. That's, that's true. I mean, I, we're, Lindy and I are experiencing that as well as that, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to get all these things at Christmas or for birthdays uh, as you age. And so your focus really, it's for me, it's what the grandkids make me. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. Pictures of them often, the parents will give us uh, really nice photographs of the kids, you know, to mm-hmm. put up in the house. So it's the focus for us is really about the relationships and being together. Yeah. I've mentioned before the book called uh, Lost Connections, Mm -hmm. uh, Johan Hari, and the increase in anxiety and depression. And one of those lost connections that he talks about is a loss of meaningful value system. And I think that ties into this because if your value system is, you know, the accumulation of wealth or possessions, that is not a meaningful value system. And so if that's your focus, you're likely going to be less happy, potentially more depressed, more anxious. And I think that I've said this before, I think social media plays a huge part in that and the reason uh, it's not necessarily what's going on with social media it's just that there is a huge commercial component associated with tv and social media which is you know the advertising is how people has how uh, these people make their money and so the idea even you know if you're following say celebrities i mean often the celebrities are wearing a certain type of yep Uh, clothes or clothes or they're, you know, buying something and they're, you know, or influencers, I guess would be the name, people who are trying to influence you to buy something. Mm -hmm. And so there's a huge push, I think, on social media to get us to consume because we live in a capitalistic society. And, you know, uh, obviously what drives our economy is people buying things. Yep. Um, But I think that if you get lost in that, materialism you lose focus of what really has meaning in our lives which is family friends relationships Mm -hmm. uh, doing for others and this time of year is a perfect time to really focus on that and you've mentioned 
several times in this episode, teaching kids. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to really teach our kids to think about, you know, this time of year in a different way that it's about really reaching out to others and being Mm -hmm. with others and doing for others. And yes, they're going to be gifts, but that's not going to be the focus. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, if it is a religious component, which, and, you know, in my family, it is, there's, you know, for my family, there's a deeper meaning to Christmas for us. And we get a lot of satisfaction and we get a lot of joy out of that. And we, we get, we enjoy teaching our children that, but you certainly don't have to have a spiritual component. I mean, like you, it can be very much about family because, you know, no matter where you fall from atheist to devoutly religious, it's still about people. People mm-hmm. are, people still matter more right. than things. And I think that's really, I don't know, I, that could be this entire episode in a nutshell, people over things. Right, right. This time of year, the more you focus on, say, the spiritual or religious or the relationship aspect mm-hmm. of the holidays, the happier you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, enjoy getting to spend the extra time with family and the family mm-hmm. gathering. I look mm-hmm. forward to the social aspect. I like, I enjoy going to Christmas parties at church, you know, mm-hmm. and celebrating. And, you know, I look forward to Christmas dinner with my family and this big feast that we create and, you know, the time we spend together and the extra time I get with my kids because they're home, you know, those, those things are important. And so, you know, don't lose sight of that. People matter. Don't yeah. forget that. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the takeaway, I think, is that, yes, we live in a capitalistic and materialistic society, but you don't have to, you know, dive into it as much as a lot of people do. And you can, it's not that you don't want to, to buy things or nice things or give gifts. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. It's just the focus really should be elsewhere in order for you to be happy. And that that's not just true for this holiday season. I, I think that's true all year long. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's about balance. Mm-hmm. You know, I, And that's really, that's what I think everything comes down to is about finding the balance. You know, I mean, enjoy Christmas, enjoy, you know, the excitement of gifting and receiving gifts. And, you know, it's it's okay to enjoy that. You know, that is a fun part. And that is what makes Mm -hmm. this holiday fun. And I think no matter what you do, that's what kids are going to be the most excited for. Because, I mean, they're so young and in their little prefrontal cortex mind, that's all they can think about is the yeah. excitement of the present, yeah. right? And so, and don't, so don't feel like you're a failure as a parent if, you know, your kids are just excited about the gifts. Oh, yeah. I would, I mean, that's part of the, that's actually part of the magic and joy of the season, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up and being so worried about losing that excitement of Christmas. And I haven't because it's so much fun to do Christmas with my kids. Like the magic of Christmas isn't lost on me as an adult because I get to enjoy it with my family and I get to, you know, have Christmas morning with my kids and create my own traditions. I think that's another good point is have fun traditions. That's Mm -hmm. a great time to establish traditions. Traditions are important in any relationship. And so, you know, make sure you do fun things every year that your kids have to look forward to. Right. And I think you bring up a really good point. 
we're not saying don't have fun giving gifts and, yes. and, and, you know, the excitement of the kids. It's just, you can do that and you can teach your kids the importance of giving to others as well. You yeah. can do 